Welcome to the Naked Apple. Welcome. Thank you for participating. All three in of you. free speech. Was that like a lot of force pushing on it or something? Or? It's, you know, it's no more than a speedo in a in a wind tunnel. <laughs> <laughs> no more than that. No more than that. <laughs> yeah. So it's, some good news. <laughs> I don't know if I can now. <laughs> I'm scared. <laughs> Here we go. Never argue with an idiot, Trevor. They drag you down to their level and beat you with experience. <laughs> Have you not learned this yet? <laughs> what what ideals is it that drives people to do this kind of crap? <clears throat> Marxism. <sighs> oh, what? How does the Electoral College work? Well, you see, people vote, and then the majority of those votes get boiled down into smaller votes, which are then counted as electors. That was the worst. <laughs> that's, I literally had somebody describe it to me that way once. Yeah, that's... <laughs> so essentially, the, the way this one works out is... Over the course of 14 days. Uh-huh. Yeah, I don't actually know how this one works. It- <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. That makes sense. It I, makes sense. I get it. Yeah, all right. All right. All right. Oh, it makes sense. Had, why did you just say that in the first place? You would have been following the whole time. I am on board. <laughs> Okay. The look on her face was like that of Nancy Pelosi when she realized she was no longer in a safe place for being called Crazy Nancy. <laughs> <laughs> gonna build your way out of here with connects? I'm building a boat. <laughs> well, that's. And I am leaving. You can't have boats in Michigan. Governor Whitmer said so. Damn it. What the hell, man? <laughs> what did you just do to me? You uh, broke me. What oh. the hell? Chinese Communist Party, at best, is evil. At, at worst, best <laughs> is evil. At worst, I don't know. I don't know if I want to know, and I'm afraid to learn. Yeah, we got to spend some time on this one because this is important. Yeah. As frustrating as COVID is and as much as it's impacted our lives for the last year, it is a footnote in history compared to what's going on with China. If you look at our notes a couple of weeks ago, you'll find that we put a story in there where China planned was it six years, a decade ago, to release a virus into the world to mm-hmm. help them kick off World War Three, basically. Yeah. More yeah. Or less. Yeah. Um, let's see. So... 
What's her name? Sayrigal Sayutubey. I butchered her name. I have no idea how to pronounce that. And I apologize for not knowing how I think we should just call her S, because both of her names start with S. Sayutubey. Sira? Sira? Sayrigal Sayrigal Sayutubey. Anyway. Yeah. Okay. This is currently the bravest woman you will ever find in the world. Currently. Braver than uh, Elliot Page and braver than... Uh, what's his name? Jenner. Uh, what's his name? <laughs> uh, uh, dang it, now all I can think of is his other name. <laughs> Caitlin. Caitlin. There you yeah. go. Braver than those two women. <sighs> oh. Anyway. While the Sabre book Girl... is out, by the way. Oh, it is? Yes, Excellent. it is. Uh, say, this is, uh, I'm reading this from The Federalist. Uh, some excerpts from her book uh, that's been released. She was captured and sent to a concentration cap- camp where there was all kinds of torture, rape, and all kinds of other things going on there. Basically, take Germany and add modern technology. Oh, Nazi Germany. Wrong. June 15th. Comes out June 15th. Ah, soon. Uh, anyway, while she was held in a government-run concentration camp in China's Zhejiang Jinjiang province. Xi Jin, oh, not, not, not Xi Jinping. Not, not Winnie Jinping. Yeah. Jinjiang, where Mulan Xinjiang. was filmed. There you go. Oh, hey, yeah, that's right. That is where Mulan was filmed. She was forced to sign a paper mandating her own death if she spoke of the camp's atrocities. Undeterred since her escape, she has raised awareness of the horrors uh, perpetrated against the Uyghur people, receiving an International Woman of Courage Award from U.S. Secretary of State Mike Pompeo in 2020. Good for you. Uh, Her book, The Chief Witness, Escape from... China's modern-day concentration camps, written with journalist Alexandra Cavellius, came out earlier this month and is available from publisher Scribe. Excerpts published Saturday by Daily Mail show some stories. Huh. Uh, yeah, Amazon shows that it doesn't come out till June 15th. Interesting. But... Well, it probably depends on where you buy it. It has a great little synopsis on it. Um, so, born in China's northwestern province, S trained as a doctor before being appointed a senior civil servant, but her life was upended when the Chinese authorities incarcerated her. Her crime, being a Kazakh, one of China's ethnic minorities. The northwestern province borders the largest number of foreign nations and is the point in China that is the closest to Europe. In recent years, it has become home to over 1,200 penal camps, modern-day gulags that are estimated to house 3 million members of the Kazakh and Uyghur minorities imprisoned solely due to their ethnicity. Inmates are subjected to relentless punishment and torture, including being beaten, raped, and used as subjects for medical experiments. That doesn't sound familiar at all. (laughs) I've seen this one before. The camps represent the greatest systematic incarceration of an entire people since the Third Reich. In prison, uh, Saitbei... Has put to uh, was put to work teaching Chinese language, culture, and politics 
in the course of which she gained access to secret information that revealed Beijing's long-term plans to undermine not only its minorities, but democracies around the world. Upon her escape to Europe, she was reunited with her family, but still lives under constant threat of reprisal. This rare testimony from the biggest surveillance state in the world reveals not only the full frightening scope of China's tyrannical ambitions, but also the resilience and courage of its author. Yeah, so here's here's a little bit of stuff to kind of back up her claims. The U.S. State Department estimated in 2018 that the CCP had forced possibly more than 2 million people, mostly Uyghur Muslims, into camps in China's Xinjiang province. According to satellite photos from the Australian Strategic Policy Institute, the number of camps had reached 380 by September 2020. Oof, that's more than we were thinking it was earlier. Yeah. <laughs> Sape was forced to work as a teacher at one of them before her release in 2018 and subsequent escape to Sweden. So, some of what she says happened. <clears throat> she tells of a torture chamber she calls the Black Room near the guardhouse at the camp where she was imprisoned. The screams coming from the Black Room sounded like the raw cries of a dying animal, she says. The second you hear them, you know what kind of agony that person is experiencing. She recalls seeing chains on the walls in the, in the Black Room and chairs with nails sticking out of the seats where inmates would be tied down. Torture devices on the walls looked like they were... From the Middle Ages, including implements used to pull out fingernails and toenails and a spear-like rod for jabbing into a person's flesh. Electric chairs, iron, iron chairs with holes in the back so that the arms could be twisted back above the shoulder joint. And other chairs designed to pin victims down, uh, pin victims down lined one side of the room. Many of the people they tortured never came back out of that room, she says. Others stumbled out covered in blood. Secretive orders mandated that any prisoners who died or were killed, quote, must vanish without a trace, end quote. Sambe recalls, there are no visible signs of tortures, torture on their bodies. Any evidence, proof, or documentation was to be immediately destroyed. Taking photos or video recordings of the corpses was strictly forbidden, she adds. The families of the deceased either received vague excuses, or sometimes it was advisable simply never to mention they had died at all. Uh, content warning. <laughs> yeah. This is disturbing. And yeah. it gets worse from there. So, the reason why... Alright, so... There's... Yeah, this gets a lot worse. So, absolute com content warning. But at the same time, going back to... Uh, dang it, what's his name in Germany? Pastor H guy. H Hitler. Oh, in Germany? Yeah, that spoke out. Oh. <sighs> I know this one. Uh-huh. Bonhoeffer. Bonhoeffer, Dietrich yes. Bonhoeffer. Dietrich. Um, I want to get his quote right. <laughs> Because this also goes with the uh, Israel stuff that we'll kind of get into after this, too. Um, but he said, silence in the face of evil is itself evil. God will not hold us guiltless. Not to speak is to speak. Not to act is to act. If you know something horrible is going on, if you know an absolute lie is being told and you know the truth and you sit there and do nothing, you're responsible for spreading that lie. You were responsible for allowing atrocities to happen if you are not doing something 
to try to stop that. Now, yes, Mike and I aren't about to go storm the beaches of China to try to stop stop this. Mostly because I would die horribly. (laughs) And we'd have zero impact. However, being able to reach the 10 to 30 or so of you that listen to this podcast right now, maybe somehow that'll make a difference. And uh, reaching out to politicians and blah, 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 all that stuff. But we have a president that, yeah. Anyway, um, we have a president. We have a former vice president. <laughs> <laughs> Sape tells of a torture chamber she calls the black. Oh, you already, I already read that. I already read that. Yep. Recall- we're, we're on to the next one. Yeah, we're on to the worst part, which is is this part. Absolutely, if you if you're listening with your kids in the room, you should probably pause pause until they're not around because this next part is extremely disturbing, <laughs> and it gets. So much worse here for the next little bit. This is just an this excerpt. Is, this is just yeah. This is just an excerpt, and and we're gonna read through this because it is so vitally important that we all understand what is going on over there. Yeah. Because when the time comes that the world cries out for this to end, we have to know which side we're on. Yep. So one of the issues with uh, Nazi Germany, the Allies a good chunk of them had an idea that Germany was doing some questionable stuff with these concentration camps. They didn't realize how bad it was until they got there. Ideally, moving forward, never again started with World War II, with the Holocaust. Never again. And that wasn't just... Here it is, again. And that wasn't necessarily just, we'll never do this. We'll never go down this road again is what it is. But it's, it's here. So we're, we're on the road. We just have to make the right exit <laughs> to stop it. And if we're smart, if, if the powers that be are smart, they will put an end to this in every way possible before it has to get violent. And if it has to get violent, they'll be prepared already going in there to help these people when they reach them instead of like the allies were in world war two, where they had to scramble to try to figure out some way to help these people that were starving to death. going to be honest at this point. If, if half of what she talks about here is true, we're long past the point yeah. where this can be resolved without it being this violent. Is bad. So, um, I can read the next section if you want. All right. Recalling one of her classes in the camps, uh, Sight Bay says, I was barely even listening to myself talk about our self-sacrificing patriarch, Xi Jinping, who passes on the warmth of love with his hands, while several of the students collapsed unconscious and fell off their plastic chairs. When prisoners fell unconscious from anguish or stress, the guards grabbed the unconscious person by both arms and dragged them away like a doll, their feet trailing across the floor. They didn't just take the unconscious, the sick, and the mad. Sometimes it was simply because a prisoner hadn't understood one of the guard's orders issued in Chinese, Soitbei says. One 84-year-old woman, Soitbei remembers, was accused of making an international phone call. Despite her denial, the camp guards punished her by ripping out her fingernails. And 
This one, this next part is particularly graphic. Another woman in her 20s admitted to texting a greeting to a friend for a Muslim holiday as a teenager. As punishment, the guards gang-raped her while Soit Bay was forced to watch. While they were raping her, they checked to see how we were reacting. She recalled in 2019, People who turned their head or closed their eyes and those who looked angry or shocked were taken away and we never saw them again. Ha! <clears throat> Inmates who were healthy and young often had their medical files marked by a red X. It was simply a fact that the party took organs from prisoners, Sotbe says. She began to suspect those inmates were being forcefully used for organ harvesting. Organs from Muslim donors are often preferred by other Muslims because they are halal. I realized that these young, healthy inmates were disappearing overnight, whisked away by the guards. When I checked later, I realized to my horror that all their medical files were marked with a red X. That's, that's just... <clears throat> this is to me this is what ties it into the Middle East is that part is it, I'm sh I'm sure there's some of the Muslims that they're harvesting these organs for don't necessarily know where the organs come from but I'm also very sure there are some Muslims that know exactly where these come from and they don't care because they're dying and they're wealthy and they can, yeah. And it's not their Muslim faith. It's the wrong Muslims, which is par the course for what we've talked about before with slavery. It was Muslims enslaving people who weren't Muslim enough and things like that, that started slavery out of Africa into the rest of the world. But that's not saying they're all bad. But it's not uncommon <laughs> for huh, anyway. And then, and then, is it last week? The week it was two weeks ago. We were talking about how China is doing everything that Germany did leading up to the Olympics in World War II. <sighs> Sape also recalls seeing classified papers from Beijing outlining a plan to overtake Europe by 2055. The first step alongside the years 2014 to 2015 was to, quote, assimilate those who are willing, who are willing in Zhejiang and eliminate those who are not. Looks like they're well on their way there. Step two called for the annexing of neighboring countries between 2025 and 2035. I already started that. Yep. When's the uh, Olympics in China? Uh, is it this year or next? 2024. Oh, uh. oh, and China says that, that what country belongs to them? Uh, you should be more precise. It, uh, the shorter list is which country doesn't belong to them. <laughs> yeah. Uh, which, which country, the who? Fails oh, to oh yeah, yeah. Taiwan. Taiwan. Taiwan is a country. Taiwan. So it when is a country, John, it's a country. So when the 2024 winter, is it summer or winter Olympics? Hell if I know. Uh, let's see, China Olympics. I think I watch sports. <laughs> uh, summer. 
Summer. Summer. So, 2024, Summer Olympics. 2025, Taiwan belongs to China. Watch. Uh, Beijing Olympics are 2022, dude. At least that's what this Olympics thing says. Beijing, 2022. That's next year. Oh, Paris is 2024. Yes. Beijing is 2022. I was correct. Then what's going on in Japan right now then? Whatever. Anyway. I mean, (laughs) what isn't going on in Japan? Have you ever watched anything out of Japan? I try not to. Yes. Tokyo was supposed to be 2020. Beijing is 2022. And Paris is 2024. Unless they do something with Tokyo because it didn't happen in 2020. Yeah. But as far as that's concerned, Olympics.com has not updated anything for Tokyo. <laughs> so the Olympics of Germany was 1936. 1939, they took Poland. So 2022 is the Olympics in uh, China. Three years later is when they plan to start taking countries. Huh. Huh. <laughs> uh, in 2020, the Chinese government built 11 buildings inside the Nepalese district of Humla and denied Nepal's claim to the district. In the same year, the CCP passed a security law over Hong Kong and used it to charge and imprison pro-democracy legislators and activists. We talked about that. The third step to be achieved between 2035 and 2055 was the occupation of Europe. Western nations cannot afford morally or practically to turn a blind eye to the Chinese government's abuse against its own people. The survivor says the current situation has already surpassed ethnic and religious issues. Uh, Sotbe told Radio Free Asia in 2020, it has risen to a level of humanitarian tragedy. Yeah. Uh, Tokyo is happening this year, by the way. This year? Winter Olympics? Summer summer supposed to start soon so was was it supposed to be last year it was supposed to be last year that's why i'm all thrown off all right good for them so yeah so that's uh that's on the horizon basically if everything she's saying is true which from what mike and i have been able to research i believe it (laughs) (laughs) indubitably um the next presidential election could make or break world war three unbelievable yes arthur yes the uh energy secretary was asked what uh she and the biden administration are gonna do to try to lower gas prices because they've been (coughs) doing so well with it so far uh she had a nice response uh we'll listen to it here Let me cut to it, if I may. In Sturgis, Michigan, it is $2.89 a gallon. I guess that's better than in California. What is the Granholm plan to... What's your plan to keep these gas prices down? Oh, boy. She's the energy secretary. Increase oil production in America. (laughs) 
<laughs> that is hilarious. Would that I had the magic wand on this. As you know, of course, uh, oil is a global market. It is controlled by a cartel. That cartel is called OPEC, and they made a decision yesterday that they were not going to increase beyond what they were already planning. So, uh, you know, the... Uh, All right, so she laughs it off. <laughs> What are you gonna? What are you guys gonna do? <laughs> I said, <laughs> "What power do I have?" You're the energy secretary. <laughs> I have a. I have a feeling they might be trying to screw me. Well, of course they're trying to screw you. Yeah, um, and it's OPEC's fault. Blame, blame, blame. Uh, shirk, shirk, shirk. Could that possibly? Just maybe. Maybe possibly kind of be why Donald Trump made sure we were energy independent from OPEC so that they couldn't control our gas prices. Maybe. Oh, oh, maybe. I don't know. Um, but then, uh, um, but then she turns around, uh, she, and she blamed oil companies also. It's OPEC's fault. But then she turns around and she says, um, we can't just produce oil for the United States. It's on a global market. Um, it, yeah, yeah, yes, we can. <laughs> there are 23 million acres of public lands that includes offshore and onshore where there are leases that are not being used right now by oil and gas companies because Biden stopped them from using it. That was the first thing he signed <laughs> Gosh. these companies aren't using the leases yeah that you banned them from using hello hello <laughs> is anyone there no no we're not we left it is not the president's doing that is causing the oil and gas companies right now to decide to slow down In unrelated news, the Biden administration is considering shutting down a Michigan pipeline. <laughs> I laugh because I would go postal if I didn't. <laughs> yeah, that sounds about right. Oh my gosh. Line 5 is part of a network that moves crude oil and other petroleum products from Western Canada, transporting about 540,000 barrels per day. Petroleum is taken from the pipeline in Escanaba, Michigan. Uh, yeah, so they're, they're looking into it. They're seeing if, it's, uh, seeing if it's a good idea or not to shut down that pipeline. In what world? What? This administration is either full of absolute idiots that should not be in charge of anything or they're intentionally doing all this stuff. Either way is not good. In my humble opinion. The bill, almost law, because I don't think Biden signed it yet. Um, but he will, because why not? Because Biden. <laughs> because Brandon. Um, it's something like 3,500 pages long, if I remember right. And uh, Pelosi brought it to the floor on Thursday night. 
and they were supposed to vote on it Friday. And then they shelved it because she thought she didn't have enough votes. But then they voted for it on Saturday. So they had two days to read 3,500 pages and then make a decision on if we should spend $1.5 trillion on bleh. Everything, everything. It's spending it on everything. And, and I mean, not just spending it because, you know, the bill is rife with tax increases. It, it is. And here's, here's just a few highlights of that. i make sure I click the right buttons here. There we go. Gentleman from Texas. Hey, speaker, at this time I am pleased to recognize a member of the Republican leadership, valuable member of the Energy and Commerce Committee. Look at that stack. Mr. of Louisiana for two minutes. Gentlemen's recognized for two minutes. <laughs> Thank you, Madam it's Speaker. I rise in strong opposition to the rule, but specifically Things like 16 inches tall. Multi-trillion dollars. So, uh, you can't see it from this point of view because Mike's camera is covering it. It's not your fault, it's mine. Oh. oh, wait, there we go. I can move you. You can Real time. move me. Yeah, I feel so, so moved. <laughs> I feel so moved. I'm so violated. Oh, violated. <laughs> so in this stack, there's little, you can see on the side of it, he's got little sticky notes sticking out the edge of it there. Uh-huh. He has a whole team of people that can filter through, okay, okay, you take these 100 pages, you take these 100 pages, you take these 100 pages, you take these 100 pages. <laughs> Dude, Fine. having to read a hundred pages stuff. of that would be mind-numbing. Yeah. Like, yeah. just shoot me now. Right. Sheesh. Um, so, yes, yeah, so these are a few of the things that I found. tax and spend bill. From Steve Calise. Of course, we just Scalise. got the text last night, over 2,300 pages. 2,300, sorry. we've been combing through... I'd like to point out a few pieces in this bill. Let's start with a natural gas tax. President Biden promised that anyone who makes less than $400,000 a year won't spend a dime, will not pay a dime in new taxes. He even whispers it into the microphone. The only problem is he breaks the promise right here in the bill. Well, that's not income tax. A tax that, according tax. to the American Gas Association, will increase household electricity rates by 30 percent and by the way that's low-income families that pay that tax the hardest if you have a 2,000 square foot house whether you're in a poor neighborhood or a rich neighborhood are you paying more or less for heating your home in a poor neighborhood as than you are in a rich neighborhood yes <laughs> In fact, there's a chance you're probably paying more to heat that house because it's probably inefficient. Inefficient at retaining heat. Yes. So. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. It's who's, my new bullshit button. Who's? <laughs> it's the bull. <laughs> who's taxing the? Who's giving tax breaks to the rich again? Broken promise by President Obama. About Biden right there. Then you go down and you Same look thing. at amnesty. It's been talked about. Millions of additional people will get amnesty in this bill. And it comes at a time where President Biden is negotiating 
Initially, he said he wasn't, and then the White House had to go back up and say the Justice Department is negotiating half a million dollar checks to people who came across our border illegally, and then they're going to give amnesty to millions more people. So quick note on that. The press secretary was pressed on that. Is So what's this report about the administration wanting to pay illegal immigrants? <clears throat> now that report is... Or Joe Biden actually was the one asked that. He said, that's false. That's not what's going on. And then it, the uh, White House had to release a memo. Actually, that is what's going on, but it's the DOJ that's determining how much people are going to get paid. Said, oh, so it's just not 450000 It's a different amount. Yeah. You went full retard. <laughs> Everybody knows you never go full retard. And then you want to pass this sweeping amnesty thing and then wonder why the border gets flooded with people? There's an old saying in Tennessee, I know it's in Texas, probably in Tennessee, that says, fool me once, shame on, shame on you. But fool me, you can't get fooled again. That's so much better with the bleep. <laughs> Just muttering it under his breath. <laughs> There's an old saying in Tennessee, uh, in Texas, it's probably in Tennessee too. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, you miss him. Uh, I don't. I don't, but I do. <laughs> Just because. It's so much simpler. So much simpler. So much simpler. Estimates are 7 million more people. Can you imagine the flood that will come over when they hear that you can get a half a million dollars a person if President Biden gets his way? Then you go down the line. There's more, unfortunately. Let's look He's at just indiscriminately grabbing through. at the next IRS thing. IRS agents. <laughs> How many of us have our phones ringing off the hooks with people calling saying, please add 87,000 more IRS agents to the rolls? Excuse me? Not one of us has probably gotten that call, yet they put it in the bill. They call this infrastructure. They call this equity, whatever they want to call it. It's an army of IRS agents that are going to come for your bank account. Gentlemen's recognized one minute. They're going to be combing through your bank account. And why? Because they've got to generate hundreds of billions of dollars to spend <laughs> on more inflation-inducing spending. That's right. According to this Penn Wharton account, you're going to have over $4 trillion of spending with $1.5 trillion of new taxes. By the way, that's $2.5 trillion of additional debt, even though the president says there's no cost, no cost, <laughs> just $2.5 trillion of debt. But these IRS agents are going to have to account for over $200 billion to find money from your checking accounts. That's what they're trying to do at dark of night. We started the morning at 8 a.m. We're here after 9 p.m. starting to get into the details of this bill. No wonder they don't want a CBO score. No wonder they want to do this by dark of night. This is going to induce more inflation that's hurting families all across America. Listen to what the voters of Virginia said. Stop the mass, this madness. Expired. Defeat this Gentlemen bill. I yield back the balance of my time. <laughs> You're out of time. I yield back the balance of my time. I'll decide when I'm done talking. <laughs> <laughs> the the, I think probably the saddest thing about this for me 
is that this mindset is exactly the way people that are bad with money actually think. Oh yeah, the people that because, win the lottery and then go because, bankrupt. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. This is this is this is uh, like this this is what that train of thought. This is where it comes from. We are spending four trillion dollars. Is what somebody who's good with money thinks. Uh huh. If I acquire debt, I am spending X number of dollars. Right. Somebody who is bad with money thinks I'm bringing in 1.5 and I have a, a amount that I have to pay every month towards this thing that I'm getting, yeah. but I'm, I'm actually making money because the amount that I have to pay towards this is only 1 trillion. So I actually have a half a trillion left over afterwards. And that's how they, they, uh, what's the word? Not reconcile. It's, it's how they, uh, how they make sense of it. Yeah. It, yeah. It, it's how they justify it. That's there the word go. I'm like, it. it's how they justify it to themselves as we're not spending any extra money because in their minds, the debt isn't spending money. It's acquiring a thing, and then the right. money that they spend is the minimum payment. It's it's that person next door to you that has all this lavish stuff, but they're always complaining about mm-hmm. how they never have money. Exactly, <laughs> and, and it's it's what frustrating. Do mean, what do you mean you don't have money? You've got a boat. You have a brand new truck. You have a brand new car. You have a very nice house. Yeah, I'm just I just never have money. It, well, maybe if you sell the boat and the truck and the car and downsize your house, you might have a little bit of money. Exactly. <laughs> it, it, it's, it's infuriating to those that actually know how, how exchange and how things like that work because, no, you're, you're spending $4 trillion. Uh-huh. You, you have a deficit here of trillions of dollars. The, the main difference between the government doing it and an individual doing it, if an individual makes stupid decisions on finances, it doesn't affect me. The individual is the one that's screwed. When the government, when the government makes stupid it, financial decisions, it's, it's it, everyone it's that's a, screwed. It's equivalent to that person I described going bankrupt because they can't pay anything, and then the entire neighborhood has to foot the bill. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and the guy gets to keep living in that house with all the things. Mm-hmm while the rest of the neighborhood has to pay for it for all of the stuff that mm-hmm. he has, but they don't get to use it. <sighs> that is the government spending money that's not theirs and isn't there. What we really, ooh, really... Ooh. Have we got to the one that I've been talking about all week yet? Probably. <laughs> So do you want to read it then? Is, is, is it the time? Is it, is it time? Yeah, go for it. Okay. Go for it. Go for okay. it. This, I, I love this because time just kind of came out and, and just said everything. Confirmed the, every stupid the, thing we've been saying since November. They, they put the inside voice on the outside. It was, I mean. It's a bold strategy, Cotton. Let's see if it pays off for us. And that's the dumb thing. It already is paying Seriously? off for them. Because I've seen people come in. They <laughs> said in the thing, it's to fortify. Yeah, you can slap as much lipstick on that pig as you want. It's still a stupid pig. Okay. Yes. Um, simply dressing up. You know that that somebody went into a you know store or something and 
killed a bunch of people as, uh, you know, late term abortion or something like that doesn't make it any better. <laughs> no, and that's that's essentially what they did in this. They they seriously like, and and the best part is they don't even use the language that colors it that well. No, <laughs> because okay, so this is my favorite two paragraphs of this entire thing. I will read because this is basically the summary of the entire article. Uh The article is really long and very boring, but there's two paragraphs that really summarize everything. And it's, it's right um, before the headline uh, the, the header, the architect, the two paragraphs right before that. All right. Let me throw it up here. So (coughs) the headline, the the headline itself, the secret history of the shadow campaign that saved the 2020 election. Hmm. Oh, interesting. Oh, yeah. Uh, so we go down here to uh, go down there until you see. Um, well, if we're going down here, let me let me go. Oh, was up. there there's something up further you wanted to read? Yeah. <clears throat> okay. Um, I'll let you read that part. Then yeah. I want to read my part. So I'll just, I'll just read the first few here, and then you can read your part. Mm-hmm. A weird thing happened right after November third election. Nothing. Now, why is that weird? I don't know because. That's never happened well, after a November 3rd election before. <laughs> except for every time. Except for uh, we covered the uh, Transition Integrity Project where they talked about how there'd be riots in the street pretty much no matter who won. Yeah. And that started, and then it stopped, coincidentally, around the time that there was a calculating error for Joe Biden to receive hundreds of thousands of votes in a couple of states. Um, <clears throat> the nation was braced for chaos. Liberal groups had vowed to take to the streets, planning hundreds of protests across the country. Transition integrity project. Right-wing militias were girding for battle, probably. In a poll before Election Day, 75% of Americans voiced concern about violence. It's because... <laughs> That's what everybody was talking about happening. And there was kind of an entire summer of, of violence right before yeah. this. <laughs> Instead, an eerie quiet descended as President Trump refused to concede. Um, yeah, because he was winning November 3rd. Uh, the response was not mass action, but crickets. When the media organizations called the race for Joe Biden on November 7th, jubilation broke out instead as people thronged the cities across the U.S. to celebrate the democratic process that resulted in Trump's outset, ouster. In- in COVID mass spreader events mm-hmm. across the country. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, wait, there's a handful of not, no uh, mass. Huh, huh. Interesting. Um, but the Super Bowl is a super spreader event. <laughs> oh, right. A second odd thing happened amid Trump's attempts to reverse the result. Corporate America turned on him. Hundreds of major business leaders, many of whom had backed Trump's candidacy and supported his policies, called on him to concede. Hmm, I wonder if that has anything to do with the... Uh, World Economic Forum last week. Oh, mm, I wonder. Um, to to the president, something felt amiss. It was, quote, it was all very, very strange, Trump said on December 2nd. Within days after the election, we witnessed an orchestrated effort to anoint the winner, even while many key states were still being counted. Mm-hmm. That, is, a, that is a little strange. In a way, Trump was right, I might add, as usual 
There is a conspiracy unfolding behind the scenes, one that both curtailed the pro protests and coordinated the resistance from CEOs. Both surprises were the result of an informal alliance between left-wing activists and business titans. So on and so forth. We'll go down to what you have. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. 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 that's all very long-winded and basically summarized in these two paragraphs along with everything This else. is the inside story of the conspiracy to save the 2020 election. Love it. They even use conspiracy. Conspiracy, yes. The inside story of the conspiracy to save the 2020 election. Right there. Right there. Based on access to the group's inner workings, never before seen documents and interviews with dozens of those involved from across the political spectrum. So Time wrote this article after being involved in <laughs> a conspiracy <laughs> to <laughs> save the 2020 election. So save the 2020 election from what? From the voters? From who? Uh, okay, every, so... Every attempt to interfere with the proper outcome of the election was defeated. But it's massively important for the country to understand that it didn't happen accidentally. The system didn't work magically. Democracy is not self executing huh it's not self-executing well explain really to us so how. Hmm. so people don't go out and vote and then their votes are counted and, <laughs> and the you result vote counts <laughs> is what comes about that's not how it works <sighs> magically I hope, I hope youtube slaps us for this one seriously I will repost this is it and repost it. shit so the next paragraph is awesome too that's why the participants want the secret history of the 2020 election told to get ahead of the history books and tell their own framing of this. I mean, uh, even though it sounds like a paranoid fever dream, a well-funded cabal of powerful people ranging across industries and ideologies working together behind the scenes. And this is where it gets fun to influence perceptions change rules and laws so all those illegal changes that we were talking about huh huh hmm mm. interesting like, so like election officials changing <clears throat> what happens without the legislature sure yeah that that kind huh. of stuff exactly interesting uh to change rules and laws and steer media coverage and control the flow of information such as suppressing the Hunter Biden story, which a good chunk of Biden voters said that if they had known about Hunter Biden's dealings, uh, they would not have voted for Biden. <laughs> huh, isn't that... Hmm. Hmm. So they were rigging if the I, election. If I mean, I, if they I were knew fortifying... This guy, if I knew Joe Biden was corrupt, I wouldn't have voted for him. You think? Hmm. You think? Huh. They were not rigging the election. They were fortifying it. <laughs> you got that backwards. <laughs> you you interposed words there. They were not fortifying the election. They were rigging it. After you explained the correction the, the editor missed on that one. Because literally what you just described is exactly the definition of rigging an election. Because when you deprive the public of information to sway their vote in a particular direction, that is referred to as rigging the election. Also known as a lying. 
Yes. Mm. They believe the public needs to understand the system's fragility in order to ensure that democracy in America endures. I do understand the system's fragility. The fact that you were capable of doing this points out to me that there is a flaw. And, <laughs> and, and it is the mainstream media. And <laughs> getting away with it. Right? You're Not only getting away with it, but posting an article praising themselves about it. We just want everyone to, we want to be praised in the annals of history. I would remove an N. <laughs> annals. <laughs> <laughs> Who's a Nell? Ha! <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> My heart hurts. <laughs> you, you can't you can't make this shit up, man. <laughs> like how how the hell? I seriously, we've been talking about shit like this for months, getting flagged and banned and having our shit taken down, and they just post an article. With, yeah, it's this was po- right on. there. Hold on, when was this posted? Literally right effing there. February fourth. When did they take down our video? Uh, February third. February third. The day before it came out. The day after they slap our video off the internet. Of which, by the way, they gave us seven days to appeal. We appealed on the fourth day, I believe. We still had three days, and they p- pulled the video. Mm-hmm. Um. <laughs> Without explanation. And then they go and post our explanation for us. Yeah. So <laughs> the, the rest of this article goes on to talk about the the architect, uh, Mike uh, Podhoser. Podhoser. It's better than the name I thought of. <laughs> it's his actual name. <laughs> well. Podhorser. Pot, Potter. Potterser. Potter, whatever, uh, and, and uh, his his alliances, the different groups involved, different people involved, and some of the the different things that they did, talking about um, uh, civil and human rights conferences and different things that they used to to get their way. <laughs> right, right, right here. So, what's the first thing Joe Biden does when he's Present the first executive order he does one of them uh, murders about ten to forty thousand jobs. We are not sure exactly how many yet because the repercussions haven't actually fallen. <laughs> At least right off the bat, ten thousand ish. Yeah, jobs. ten ten thousand as of this point have already been laid off, and because of them, and a good chance that a lot more than that are to come. A lot more. And the jobs are in the, what is considered the blue-collar sector, right? Yes, union jobs, mm-hmm. in fact, uh, which, I mean, Biden was heavily backed by u- unions. Huh. Huh. Which is odd because Trump's election in 2016 credited in part to his unusual strength among the sort of blue-collar white voters who once dominated the AFL-CIO, prompted Podhoser... Podhoser. Podhoser. Question his assumptions about voter behavior. You know what happens when you assume, Mister Podhorser. Podhorser makes an ass out of you, and that's Pod it. racer. 
about voter behavior. Hmm. Yeah, he did some number crunching. When he began to worry about the election itself, he didn't want to seem paranoid. It was only after months of research that he introduced his concerns in his newsletter in October 2019. The usual tools of data, analytics, blah, 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 blah. Most of our planning takes us through election day, he noted, but we are not prepared for the two most likely outcomes, Trump losing and refusing to concede and Trump winning the electoral college despite losing the popular vote. By corrupting the voting process in key states, by, wait, by corrupting... Huh, the voting process in key states, corrupt, huh, huh, right, 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 yeah, the mouse doesn't want to respond, corrupting the voting process in key states, we desperately need to systematically red team this election so that we can anticipate and plan for the worst we know will be coming our way. Hmm. Hmm. Uh, the fight back table, huh? Yeah, coalition resistance organization. Oh, there's the alliance. It's, it's not only they say, yeah, this is what happened. It's here's all the people that made it happen. Here yeah. is your oligarchy, everyone. Yeah. <laughs> and then and then they, they go on down at the bottom, um, the disinformation defense. So now they're talking about regular things that happen during an election. So... This is actually interesting because this is something that actually does happen in every election since, you know, easy communication has come about. Uh, you have people uh, claiming the election has been rescheduled and saying, you know, vote by text and, and all these stupid things. Honestly, if you're not an idiot, you won't fall for them. <laughs> right. Because they make no sense uh-huh. ever. Uh-huh. Um, you know, and... You know, flyers spreading nasty smears about candidates' families, different things like that. It's one of the reasons I never read any of the flyers because they're always either completely propaganda or completely propaganda. So, (laughs) you know, just throw the flyers away. They don't mean anything. They're not worth anything. They're stupid. The Institute's work helped 37 states (laughs) and D.C. bolster mail voting. This is... This is... It just, it just keeps going. So so they have, this is the reason they start this dif- disinformation defense. And then they say, but Trump's lies and conspiracy theories. Okay, one of his conspiracy theories was that there was a cabal shaping public opinion, changing laws. <laughs> Hold on, so, wait, 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 wait. There was a cabal. Didn't you just read something? I did, I did. It was cabal. it was right at the end of, well, it's, it's that second paragraph right there. right there. Yeah, right there. A well-funded cabal of powerful people <laughs> working together to oh. influence perceptions, change rules and laws, steer media yes. coverage, and control the flow of... Me- that was literally one of the things that Trump was saying that they were calling a conspiracy theory. And then down, down here they talk about and then down here, they talk about how what they did was to combat his conspiracy theories, which were that they existed and that they were doing what they were doing. Hey, these guys are doing things. No, we're not. No, we're not. Hey, we did those things, but it was just to, to combat him saying that we were doing those things. Are you f- freaking kidding me? <laughs> like, see, I, 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 I seriously, I don't... I don't see how anybody reads through this article and is like, yeah, 
Yeah, that makes sense. I'm they glad need, they saved they the needed, election. They, they needed to do that to save the election. It's the same fools that cry and complain. Your vote doesn't really count much because electoral college. Yeah. yeah, this is why. And I am 100% convinced this is not the first time it happened, nor will it be the last time that it happens. Nope. And since YouTube can pound sand, we are getting the block off of one of our paid videos that nobody's paid for. <laughs> Which uh, covers this happening way back when, mm -hmm. uh, just after World War II in McMinn County, Tennessee, where... We're going to upload that to Rumble, too? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's going up there. Good. Yeah. I mean, it's taking our entire library, so we'll see if it takes the uh, um, blocked videos, too. Oh, that would be nice. Be interesting. Would be nice. Yeah. But yeah, I mean this is this is the whole the whole article is this. It's it's one one framed piece of bullshit after another. They're literally just trying to get ahead of of somebody actually bringing this out into the light in a way that that would make people think that it's a bad thing, which it is, and trying to frame it as this this Knights of the Crusade saving us from the evils of these people that don't believe what we believe. And what blows my mind is, is the way that they word certain things. And you're just like, wait, like, wait, seriously, that's how you're going to, to, to say this. It's like, it, what was it? There was one earlier. Let me see if I can find it real quick here. Oh, here it is. Every attempt to interfere with the proper outcome of the election was defeated. Yeah, yeah. Proper outcome? What, what exactly is the proper outcome? Because in my mind, the only proper outcome is one in which all the voters were informed and had all of the news, all of the facts, and voted for what they believed in, and their votes were counted and tallied, and then their electors were sent to represent their votes in the republic that we have. Because we're not a democracy and you can go fuck yourself. <laughs> because the co-founder of Protect Democracy, yeah, right. Yeah, that's one thing I, I keep hearing from. Is the guy that said that, by the way. Anyway. Well, one thing I keep hearing from the Trump impeachment stuff started today. and That's, <laughs> that, a, that's a thing. That, that was a... <sighs> Yeah, but anyways, a lot of it was because wow. uh, Nancy Pelosi has said, you know, this is destructive to our democracy. Good, because mm -hmm. we're Cause not. We're not a democracy. So if it's destroyed, good. Um, but yeah, here's here's another section out of this. Laura, <laughs> we might be here for a minute. Laura Quinn, a veteran progressive operative who co-founded Catalyst, began studying this problem a few years ago. She piloted a nameless secret project, which she has never before publicly discussed, that tracked disinformation online and tried to figure out how to combat it. One component was tracking dangerous lies that might otherwise spread unnoticed. Researchers then provided information to campaigners or the media to track down the sources and expose them. The most important takeaway from Quinn's research, however, was that engaging with toxic content only made it worse. When you get attacked, the instinct is to push back, call it out, say this isn't true, Quinn says. But the more engagement something gets, the more the platform boosts it. The algorithm reads that as, oh, this is popular. People want more of it. The solution... If that was true, 
then CNN and all of the mainstream media and all of these people posting all of the insane leftist theories wouldn't have hardly any platform because the people on the right that disagree with that stuff, they scroll past it and they go find other sources. (laughs) Well, the solution she concluded was to pressure platforms to enforce their rules, both by removing content or accounts that spread disinformation Huh. And by more aggressively policing it in the first place, the platforms have policies against certain types of malign behavior, but they haven't been enforcing them, she says. Huh. Gave ammunition to pushing social media platforms to take a harder line. Mark Zuckerberg invited nine civil rights leaders to dinner at his home, where they warned him about the danger of election-related falsehoods that were already spreading unchecked in November of 2019. It took pushing, urging, conversations, brainstorming, all of that to get to a place where we ended up with more rigorous rules and enforcement. So people not working at Facebook changed Facebook's enforcement policies. People who aren't legislatures changed Rules around elections. Huh. Hmm. Huh. Because it's all part of the plan. Yep. 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 Horrifying. Yeah, that's a... That's an article. And so... What that was... This. I want to read the last paragraph the last quick. paragraph the last paragraph after i close it you want to read the last yes one. i've got i've got the last one right here it's know, only it's only like two know, sentences but, long but for for the sake of the video okay fine i'll wait sake for you for the, the sake of the video the last melon uh, there we go democracy won in the end the will of these people prevailed <laughs> but it's crazy in retrospect, that this is what it took to put on an election in the United States of America. So you you said these people instead of oh people. I'm sorry, I misspoke. I, I no <laughs> these people because in context, it's even more stupid. <laughs> Democracy so, won in the end. I fixed it. The will of the the, will of these the, people. The will of the people <laughs> prevailed. But it's crazy in retrospect that this is what it took to put an election. Put on an election in the United States. It's crazy that you had to manipulate the election to get the outcome that you wanted. Not just the election. You had to manipulate information to get the outcome that you wanted. To get the outcome that you wanted. Not the outcome that the people wanted by your own admission. You have stolen the will of the people by removing the people's ability to educate themselves. You know, you shouldn't. Toss treason around lightly, but... Uh, you really shouldn't toss oof. treason around lightly, but wow. <laughs> we have names. We have what they did. <laughs> we have spineless lawyers. <laughs> and judges in the pocket. Um, Seriously, this is... It's bad. Welcome to uh, the oligarchy of the United States, ladies and gentlemen. Woo! <laughs> Here we thought we were worried about socialists taking over. It's just a bunch yeah. of socialist 
oligarchs taking over. <laughs> but anyways, so that Time article, what it does, it covers the response to what Trump was doing. And the New York Times told us what Trump was doing. Uh, the deep state exists to battle people like Trump. This was the New York Times back in October. I found this while trying to find the Time article, and this one popped up for whatever reason. Thank you. Oh, yes, this one is fantastic. Yeah. Um, so this article is a lot shorter, <laughs> but it goes into some of the history behind getting... Well, they, they didn't have, you know, in-depth uh, no, conversations no, and, and things, unreleased no. documents and and stuff to to write about. No, but they... they like, do. Times did. Like, they do like have the time, time Magazine, I mean, did. Um, for the last two weeks, this was, again, October 2019. Yeah, yeah, huh. yeah, yeah. year and a half ago. For the last two weeks, diplomats have been walking through secure doors in the basement of the United States Capitol, defying the objection of their politically appointed superiors as they answer questions from members of the House Impeachment Inquiry. This is from the first impeachment that since this time has been proven to be a total and complete farce sham even at best um the inquiry itself began in response to a whistleblower who raised alarms about the administration's efforts to pressure ukraine for political purposes that whistleblower is a cia officer who seems to be like many of those testifying a career civil servant uh, this guy was proven to be a liar via documents with the CIA and the FBI mm -hmm. and White House memos. <laughs> but, you know, whatever. Uh, the president and his allies have responded with fury. Those damning testimonials are part of a political vendetta by never-Trumper bureaucrats, members of a deep state bent on undermining the will of the people they assert. You keep using the word. I don't think it means what you think it means. Damning testimonials, huh? So damning that uh, it didn't hold water. But <laughs> or even like jello, uh, just flour. It whiffed through. It whiffed rocks. Through the, it whiffed <laughs> through the air and it didn't even stir the air. <laughs> didn't hold. Didn't hold anything. Hold. It held nothing. <laughs> what it did hold was uh, we found out that Hunter Biden was uh, doing business in Burisma in Ukraine. Mm -hmm. That's what. Uh, that unveiled that's, for that's us. What that unveiled for us. <laughs> that's uh, that's kind of why they swept that under the rug. <laughs> this is right this quick. is great. We should accuse him of being a Russian agent to distract from uh, Hillary's email thing. That's a great idea. Good idea. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Let's take it to trial. Oh shit! They found out about Biden. <laughs> oh crap! <laughs> 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 kind of shot ourselves in the foot there how are we gonna fix this well we're gonna rig an election and then we're uh, going to write an article about how we fortified it yeah and it's interesting because in that last thing we read the cliff notes version of 2020 in that last, <laughs> in that last thing we read it talked about how he'd been working for just over a year to make that happen. And October 26th is about how far away from November elections the following uh, year? About a year. Huh. Interesting. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I see uh, lines that you were drawing between dots. Some of them are making a picture. Mm. 
<laughs> mm, better, better ban us before that picture is complete. Right. <sighs> and then it goes into history of what is the deep state, and it's something about Ulysses S. Grant, who was a eh, president, in my opinion. Nothing really to shine for, nothing really to get too upset about, but a politician nonetheless. <laughs> and, yeah. Oh, his closest aide was Orville Redenbacher. Uh, not quite, no. Oh, Babcock. No. My bad, Bab- Babcock. Uh, Close enough. Yeah. Bunch of quick quid pro quo references because that's what all they had. <laughs> he did something for something. He he made a deal. Er. <laughs> the transaction was done. Uh, but yeah, that, that's what Trump was fighting was, according to the New York Times, the deep state because a White House, I don't know if, I don't know if uh, you guys listening remember this, but a White House leaker, uh, someone in close circle, in a Trump's close circle, leaked to us. Leak, 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 White House leak, White House leak, White House leak. And then they turn around, and Trump's White House is unstable. He's firing all these people. Uh, <laughs> you put two and two together, and you have scam. Spam, <laughs> and what was the other one, YouTube? Uh, uh, there's a few provisios, a couple of quid pro quos. <laughs> ah, s- sorry. You put that all together and you have some spam, deceptive, pra- deceptive practices, and scams, I might say. You might say that. I might say that. So if you want to uh, go ahead and slap Time Magazine... With a ban of sorts, I'll wait. I'm not holding my breath, though. Uh, In unrelated news, a new report shows that American mainstream media outlets have accepted millions from Chinese Communist Party-controlled news agencies. Am I supposed to be surprised by that, or...? No. Okay. Well, speaking of China... China is prepared to nuke anyone that... uh, Talks about Wuhan. Because... Are they upset about the Wu flu? The Wu flu. Who you got the Wu flu? See, because America still has some semblance of freedom, we're allowed to joke and kid and stuff like that. All jokes aside... Winnie Jinping, <laughs> Winnie Jinping, chubby little cuddly all stuffed with fluffies, Winnie Jinping. Anyway. Why does that look fake? Why does what look fake? This missile. Probably because it is. <laughs> I remember a while ago the... Uh, um, uh, was it Iran paraded around a uh, nuclear missile that they had, and people were looking at it like something's off on that. And they examined the picture more, and they found out the missile was made out of cardboard. <laughs> That's funny. I doubt you'll find this one's made of cardboard, but I do think it is interesting that they've decked out all of their army vehicles with white walls. Well, I mean, you got to be classy. <laughs> We're going to nuke the world, but we'll be classy about it. <laughs> classy in what? The 40s? Yeah. 
That's when nuking became cool. Yeah, they got little uh, hammer and sickle there on the star too. Do you see that? I do. Do do do. Now that should be that should be frowned upon just as much as the freaking swastika is. Yeah, except you can buy stuff on Google Shop with that have that symbol, but you can't buy anything that's got a swastika. Or the uh, uh, not swastika. You can buy the swastika stuff on Google Shop too, but you can't buy. Um, oh my gosh! The southern flag. No, they didn't. What? 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 They named one of their strategic missiles the Dongfang. Where? Where? I want to. It's in the it. italics. Uh, if you scroll down like halfway, <gasps> the italics, the Dongfang 41. <laughs> we have strategic missile, right? Like Dongfang 41. <laughs> Dong, Dongfang 41. I, 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 I'm sorry, what? <laughs> you, no, this is serious. We'll nuke you. With a dong thing? <laughs> Do as we say, or we hit you with the dong things. <laughs> Maybe it's because they didn't have uh, people that they could <laughs> exploit names from. Like, I'm sure that means something stuff, totally like, different in, in Chinese. <laughs> but... But, you know, in the U.S., we have the Apache helicopter, Tomahawk cruise missile. It sounds threatening. Dongfeng, at least in English, does not sound... <laughs> oh, no, he's going to launch a Dongfeng. <laughs> Hu Jin, a top Chinese propagandist, declared recently that China should prepare for a nuclear showdown with the United States after President Joe Biden affirmed continued investigation into the origins of the COVID-19 pandemic. Oh. Once decried as a conspiracy theory, despite a lack of evidence disproving the possibility, the Wuhan lab leak theory as the origin of the pandemic has gained significant footing in recent weeks. We covered this a long time ago with high-profile scientists saying the possibility demands increased investigation. Like Fauci, who said no a week ago. Okay, so a dongfeng <laughs> is... <laughs> Getting back to the important part of this story. <laughs> yeah, whatever, they're going to nuke us. A dongfeng... He <laughs> was, was a doctor during the Three Kingdoms period famous for refusing fees and requesting that his patients plant apricot trees instead. So, <laughs> it is also an easterly wind. Uh, or so a it's, forest of apricot trees. So, it's probably more so the easterly wind, because I imagine the eastern winds for China bring terrible storms. I don't know. Either way. It's a, it's a wind or it's but, an apricot tree or think, some, some weird But thinking doctor. they named it after a doctor that encouraged people to plant apricot <laughs> trees. We, we shower you with apricot. <laughs> <laughs> your, your behavior, we throw apricot at you. We split an apricot. We, <laughs> no, it's Adam. Gosh, you split damn. the Adam. Split the yeah. Adam. Oh, who scientists made this up? <laughs> <laughs> no good. Go back to drying pool. Go back to drying pool. <laughs> <laughs> Look at this. Look at this. Sprint to apricot. <laughs> 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 
Hey, hey Ron, you hey, mess hey, up. <laughs> <laughs> what kind of ruser <laughs> so this to us? What kind of rusers are we? Sprit to apricot. <laughs> <laughs> Shove the dong thing where the sun don't shine. That's all it's good for. <laughs> Probably can't even spray apricot. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we're gonna die, but we'll be laughing the whole time. It'll be great. <laughs> Stupid apricot. Oh, I'm a scorious leader. It's launching a dong thing. <laughs> Sprit the apricot on Hawaii. <laughs> or California. Oh, they're spring rolls. <laughs> it's not even real Chinese food. <laughs> Give them apricot so they know how to make real Chinese food. General South's no good. <laughs> Take that wee shit home. <laughs> you have to make a fried rice. <laughs> Fryer rice. Fried rice. With lots of broccoli. None of this, none of this chili jelly shit. <laughs> Something wrong with you. What is red sauce? What is this red sauce? <laughs> Abomination what it is. No apricot Wh in it. <laughs> Whoever make that, we find you. And we hit you with dong feng. <laughs> Right down upon you. <laughs> Sprit the apricot right down upon you. <laughs> it's got hot pit. You can't eat it. <laughs> you choke and die. That's how it works. <laughs> right. Walnut shrimp. <laughs> no good. I think we covered that story pretty well. Yep. Yep. Got it. <laughs> Crushed it. <laughs> Sprit it. In fact, we may have demolished it with the dong feng. <laughs> dong feng 42 rained down. Serious blow from dong feng 41. You thought that was bad. Wait until we get whole bushel apricot. <laughs> uh, we're going to hell and it's fun. It's fun. <laughs> Yeah, if I got to walk into hell, I would hope that I have somebody I enjoy walking with me. That's all that matters. The two men that would be thrown out of hell because we're having too much fun. <laughs> <laughs> Look, guys, I know this is hell, but seriously, you can't keep making fun of that word. <laughs> Those guys were spat out of hell? Are they cursed? <laughs> no. <laughs> the devil just couldn't handle them. <laughs> Well, communism in and of itself is racist. The founder of communism, which is Marx and Engels, were extremely racist. Very. Uh, um, and their their theories are what gave us socialism and therefore communism, which is based off of the theory of socialism. So <clears throat> critical race theory is the thing being pushed. That's what this article focuses on. It's critical race theory. You've, we've floated that thing around and all that stuff. Yeah. Let's go to the Wikipedia for critical race theory. Wikipedia, as you know, is the bastion of conservative think tanks. 
Well, it used to be until it started getting regulated. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so critical race theory is a framework in Jewish jurisprudence that examines society and culture as they relate to categorizations of race, law, and power in the United States of America. It began as a movement in America law schools in the mid to late 1980s as a reworking of critical legal theory. Okay, so critical race theory is based off critical legal theory. Huh, what's critical legal theory? Studies. <clears throat> critical legal studies is a school of critical theory that first emerged as a movement in the United States during the 1970s. All right. So the 1970s led to the 1980s. All right. And which led to. So we have critical race theory was based off of critical legal studies, which is based based off off of critical critical theory, theory, which is. Which is also capitalized as critical theory to distinguish the school of thought from blah, blah, blah. Critical theory is an approach to social philosophy that focuses on reflective assessment and critique of society and culture in order to reveal and challenge power structures with origins in sociology and literary criticism. It argues that social problems are influenced and created more by societal structures and cultural assumptions than by individual philosophical factors, maintaining that ideology is the principle of blah, blah, blah. Critical theory was established as a school of thought, primarily by, by the Frankfurt school of Germany, who was in Germany? Theoreticians Herbert Mercuse, Theodore Adamo, Walter Benjamin, Eric Fromm, and Max Horkheimer. Uh, Horkheimer described a theory as critical insofar as it seeks to liberate human beings, blah, blah, blah. And then the next paragraph, in, sociolo- in so- sociology and political philosophy, critical theory means the Western Marxist, oh, philosophy of the frankfurt school developed in germany in the 1930s drawing on the ideas of Karl marx and sigmund freud ah so what you're saying is that that marxism in the 1930s led to critical theory in it's not even marxism marxism was back in the late 1800s right oh Oh, yeah uh but the Frankfurt School, school in the uh, 1930s. Yeah, the Frankfurt, Frankfurt School's philosophy, philosophy based on Marxism in the 1930s led to the 1970s, which led to the 1980s, which led to... Today. Today. Huh. Yeah. So that took all of five minutes. Mm-hmm. A Google search, top result, second result. Sometimes Wikipedia is the top result, sometimes it's not. Oh, it's an ad. At the top. So, yeah, first result critical race theory. Followed that for five minutes, and you find out it's from Karl Marx, who is extremely racist. So, therefore, critical race theory is based off of racism. We can see the wheels turning, we can see the train coming, and it is not only our prerogative. It is not only in our best interest, it is as citizens of truly the only completely free country in the world. And I say that because the Constitution is still here. Because the Constitution is the law of our land. It is 
the end-all be-all for our laws. There is no law in America that should have any sway on you, on your family, or on your personal action if it is not in line with the Constitution. Because that is what the Constitution is. It is the outline for what all laws in the country should be. And our Constitution is hanging by a thread. It is that time. It is coming down to this. We might struggle and thrash for a few more years, but the wheels have been put in motion to destroy what can only be described is the most miraculous divine experiment that has ever been attempted in this earth. It's only the longest standing governing document ever. And I say this the way that I say it because as many of our, of you know, if you've been listening to us long enough, we are very religious people. And both of us are Latter-day Saints. We believe in Jesus Christ. We believe in God. And we believe that the Constitution isn't just another document. It isn't just another thing that some guys in the government put together to try to make an outline for better living. It is, in fact, divinely inspired. It was an inspiration of God that led to what is the Constitution. And it is our duty as citizens of this country to find a way to uphold this document, to protect this document and the ideals that it stands for. It is a piece of paper. It's in a museum on the other side of the country from us. Could be down the road from you. Could be on the other side of the world from you. If you're listening to this in other countries, the document that I'm referring to, the Constitution of the United States, was not written for the United States alone. It was written for mankind. It is a divinely inspired set of rules for government. It protects our rights, and it grants more freedom than this world had ever experienced prior to its inception. And it is being threatened right now by those who wish to see the people of the world put in their place. Because 
those in power, no matter what country they belong to, want one thing and one thing only, and that is control. They don't care about you. They don't care about your family. They don't care about what would make your life better. No matter how much smoke they blow, their only concern is their own agenda. What benefits them and what will increase their influence. And I want to quote um, one of the leaders of, of our church who this last week got up and gave an amazing talk about how the Constitution is inspired and how we need to defend it. There are other duties that are part of upholding the inspired Constitution. We should learn and advocate the inspired principles of the Constitution. We should seek out and support wise and good persons who will support these principles in their public actions. We should be knowledgeable citizens who are active in making our influence felt in civic affairs. In the United States and in other democracies, political influence is exercised by running for office, which we encourage by voting, by financial support, by membership and service in political parties, and by ongoing communications to officials, parties, and candidates. To function well, a democracy needs all of these. But a conscientious citizen does not need to provide all of them. There are many political issues, and no party, platform, or individual candidate can satisfy all personal preferences. Each citizen must therefore decide which issues are most important to him or her at any particular time. Then members should seek inspiration on how to exercise their influence according to their individual priorities. This will not be easy. It may require changing party support or candidate choices, even from election to election. You should not be beholden to a party. No. You should not worship a candidate. No man is perfect. And no politician is going to give you everything you want. The time for voting on party lines is long past. The time for just following what the news says and what they talk about the talking points in their debates and all of these other things is long past. We have to stop voting on, on talking points. We have to stop voting on propaganda. And we need to start voting on principles. 
We need to start voting on ideals, and we need to start voting on morals. Because the Constitution and the Republic that we were given were not meant for a country without morals. And our country is quickly losing our morals. We're quickly losing our connection with each other. And we're quickly losing the spirit that has made us America for hundreds of years. It is being torn from us piece by piece, election by election, candidate by candidate, and legislation by legislation. As we continue to spiral and to allow things like the mass murder of babies in our country, the solicitation of sex traffickers, the sex slavery trades, the corruption in government, the dark money, as we continue to allow these things to shape and drive our politics and our laws, we grow further and further from the ideal that is freedom, that is the Constitution, and we do not do justice to the divine and wonderful heritage that is ours as Americans. There is no greater calling as an American citizen than the call to defend freedom. There is no more important ideal, there is no more important ideology than the Constitution for an American citizen. Exactly. Um, Just for reference, if you want to legally become a citizen of the United States, you must take this oath. I hereby declare an oath that I absolutely and entirely renounce and abjure all allegiance and fidelity to any foreign prince, uh, potentate, state, or sovereignty of whom or which I have heretofore been a subject or citizen, that I will support and defend the Constitution and laws of the United States of America against all enemies, foreign and domestic, that I will bear true faith and allegiance to the same, that I will bear arms on behalf of the United States when required by the law, that I will perform non-combatant service in the armed forces of the United States when required by the law, that I will perform work of national importance under civilian direction when required by the law, and that I will ta- and that I take this obligation freely without any mental reservation or purpose of evasion, so help me God. All of the uh, Hollywood celebrities and stuff that, uh, that we uh, so thoroughly idolize and all that stuff, the ones born in the United States, at least. They haven't taken this oath. 
they were born here. If you're born here, you don't have to take the oath. Probably didn't even know that an oath was needed. So as a, as a United States citizen, you still have to choose to take this oath. Just like if you are born in any religion, at some point you still have to choose whether or not you believe and follow the principles and ideals of that religion. Just because you're born in it doesn't mean you necessarily believe it, right? I say this because, is it two weeks ago now? Uh, Mike and I uh, decided to take an oath to uphold and defend the Constitution of the United States. Yeah, yeah it's been two weeks now. <clears throat> um, I didn't know if we'd ever talk about it because I don't feel like it's something that necessarily we need to publicize and all that stuff. But here we are. <laughs> we, feel so we feel so constrained to do so. Um, and uh, for me at least, and from what I could tell with Mike, it was a very powerful, moving, spiritual experience for us. Um, we had my grandpa administer the oath to us. He was in the, uh, uh, in the Air Force, the Air Reserve for many, many years. Um, and it is amazing when you, actu when you actually take this seriously, when you really start delving into what uh, the Constitution means and with it the Declaration of Independence and all of the documents surrounding these two documents, it's incredible the spiritualness that's connected with it. And a lot of that might have to be with, uh, this is from a book called Lives of the Signers of the Declaration of Independence. used to be a history book in the United States until somewhere around the 20s when a certain Woodrow Wilson was president. Um, <laughs> uh, this book, it's an amazing book. You should pick it up. Wall Builders sells an original reprint of it. Um, I highly recommend picking it up. It's got basically a, a brief uh, biography of each of the signers of the Declaration of Independence, as well as the history and footnotes as to what was going on leading up to it and surrounding it. Really cool. But in the introduction, the author of the book, uh, wasn't Hunter Biden, right? No, it wasn't. He uh, wrote a memoir there's recently. There's no crayon in here. Uh, Coolidge... Uh, like pages from the times that he can't remember? <laughs> yeah. Coolidge and brother. Um, but in the introduction, they say, the signing of that instrument, the Declaration, was a solemn act and required great firmness and patriotism in those who committed it. It was treason against the home government, uh, England, yet perfect allegiance to the law of right. It subjected those who signed it to the danger of ignorance ignominious death, yet it entitled them to a profound reverence of a dis disenthralled people. But neither firmness nor patriotism was wanting in that august assembly. And their own sound judgment and, di and discretion, their own purity of purpose and integrity of conduct, were fortified and strengthened by the voice of the people in popular assemblies, embodied in written inst instructions for the guidance of their representatives." Such were the men unto whose keeping, as instruments of providence, the destinies of America were for the time in 
entrusted. It has been well remarked that men other than such as these could not have convinced, could not have conceived, planned, and carried into execution such a mighty movement, one so fraught with tangible marks of political wisdom as the American Revolution. And it is a matter of just pride to the American people that not one of the noble band who periled life, fortune, and honor in the cause of freedom ever fell from this high estate into moral de- uh, degradation. 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 Thank you. Or dimmed by word or deed, the brightness of that effulgence which halos the Declaration of American Independence. Um, yeah. It's a... Uh, it's something that's not to be taken lightly, and it's not something that uh, should be looked at through the lens of today. Because the lens of today is absolutely corrupted, as we show you week after week after week after week. It is not consistent. It is not pure. And it corrupts everything it touches. So, I highly recommend, I strongly encourage, that if you are in the sound of our voice, you take some serious time to read the document, read the Declaration of Independence, uh, read the Constitution of the United States, um, and then focus on what that is doing inside of you. What's that? What that is doing uh, to your heart and to your mind? What are those things saying? Are they agreeing with each other? Um, going back to Jefferson, fix reason firmly in her seat and question with boldness even the existence of a God. For if there be one, he much rather that of, uh, he much rather the voice of reason than that of blindfolded fear. What does that have to do with religion? Well, with religious type things. Whatever the question is, even if it's God, fix God in his seat and bring every question you have every bit of evidence you have to that seat and question it. Question all of it. Because a lot of things spiritually don't necessarily have physical things to associate with. You get a feeling in your heart. You have overcome with emotions. You have this, that, and the other. And if you are questioning boldly, you will question those emotions. You will question those feelings. And you can reasonably come to the conclusion that you cannot reasonably explain those things. Does that make sense? You take sense to me. (laughs) Makes sense to me. Um, And for me, when I come to those conclusions, I'm feeling this. Well, that doesn't make any sense. I know, but I'm feeling that. I can reasonably explain that I am feeling this emotion right now as I question this gospel topic. But I cannot find... I can find evidence that says not so much about that. I can find evidence that might say it's not true or, or that it is true. I can find conflating evidence on both things on gospel topic. 
I am feeling something about it. So the only reasonable conclusion I can come to is that there is no reasonable explanation for it. I have done all the questioning I can on that for now. And so I move on to the next topic. And I accept that I have felt something, therefore something about that must be true. And I will come back to it when I find more evidence, this, that, or the other. And I will question again with boldness. What is this? What about this? I still have that feeling. I can't, I can't push that feeling away because it is there. My mind says it's there. My heart says it's there. My eyes say it's there. <laughs> and that's what it was with me with uh, when we took that oath for the Constitution. I could not reasonably explain the things I was feeling, the emotions I was feeling. So there's, it's just a bunch of dumb little words <laughs> that I was repeating with my hand raised in the air while my hand laid on the scriptures. There, there's no reasonable explanation why I was feeling the way I was. Therefore, I can reasonably explain God is involved. That's my reasonable conclusion. Because <laughs> there is no other earthly reasonable reason why that would happen. Well, you're on drugs. <laughs> uh, last I checked, I haven't been with Hunter Biden. So, Oh. Oh. <sighs> well. Now that that mood is gone. Now that that mood is gone. <laughs> drove it away. Thank I you. Do, I do want to add one more quote from Elder Oaks. Um, there are other threats that undermine the inspired principles of the United States Constitution. The stature of the Constitution is diminished by efforts to substitute current societal trends as the reason for its founding, instead of liberty and self-government. The authority of the Constitution is trivialized when candidates or officials ignore its principles. The dignity and force of the Constitution is reduced by those who refer to it like a loyalty test or a political slogan, instead of its lofty status as a source of authorization for and limits on government authority. And how true that rings with the politicians and the people we see trying to take power today. Mm -hmm. Current societal trends had nothing to do with the founding of this document. It was about liberty and self-government. When our candidates and our officials ignore the Constitution, when they ignore the principles, when they try to infringe or to lessen the rights that we have, be that through their own legislation or through backdoor deals with businesses, And when we as a people try to use it as a political slogan or a loyalty test, 
we are doing a disservice to ourselves, to our country, to our neighbors, to the founding fathers, and to the miracle that is this founding document that informs us of our special place in life as human beings. Because that's what it is. That's what it does. The Constitution doesn't give us the authority to have the rights that we have. It doesn't give us authorization to do what we want. It doesn't, it doesn't give you permission to worship. It doesn't give you permission to read the news or to report the news. It doesn't give you permission to bear arms. It doesn't give you permission to tell military and police they can't live in your house. It doesn't give you permission to tell the government to stay out of your private affairs. It tells you these are your rights. Government has nothing to do with these rights except to protect them. It informs you that you are free in all of these things and that unless you surrender those things to someone else, they are yours inherently by the gift of being born on this beautiful earth. Because you are alive, you have these. And that is regardless of where you live. And that is why our Constitution is dangerous. And that is why the world wants to tear it down. And that is why it is hanging by a thread, like I said earlier. Can you imagine if if three-fourths of the populace of China had access to reading the Declaration of Independence, the Constitution, and the words of the Founding Fathers? You imagine what would happen in China? You think they would still sit there and just slave away in their rice patties and stuff as the Chinese government came by to make sure they had pictures of their glorious leader hanging in their house? You think three-fourths of the population would just sit there and let the Chinese government do what they do? You'd think they'd let their children be dragged off to sweatshops to work to make the textiles and things that are traded across the world to bring China its wealth? Because... Because they have too many kids? Do you think they would sit idly by and allow the Chinese government to kill their children like it did for so many years? you think North Korea would still be just a jungle instead of like South Korea that's sprawling cities? Imagine if the world actually had full access to everything here. Because places like China, North Korea, Cuba, all these places, they restrict their people's access to information. Mm-hmm. Huh, I wonder what's going on now in the United States. Fact checking? You have to stay alert. Otherwise, you will lose what you didn't know you have. And then getting it back is not easy. The Founding Fathers spent uh, two or three years actually working with the English government and getting into the English government to try to fix all of the things they thought were wrong, that they eventually wrote an entire declaration about and sent off to the King of England saying, we're done 
trying to work with you. The list of grievances. They spent years trying to do it through proper channels. Which is why the first and foremost part of being a free people is being a peaceful people. Being a reasonable people. Because we understand that humanity, human life is sacred. It is important. And taking a life is a big deal. And it should always be the very last resort. Yep. The founders didn't talk about independence. I was reading in this, in this book right here, Lives of the Signers. They didn't talk about independence. It wasn't mentioned in their uh, congressional gatherings until 1776. Mm-hmm. They spent the years before that trying to figure out any way to stay with the king, to stay loyal to the crown. And it wasn't until after the crown decided to attack Lexington and Concord that they said, eh, maybe this isn't going to work. It's not you attack the government. It's when the government attacks you. You, as defenders of the Constitution, as defenders of correct governing principles, you don't decide when to attack. The enemy decides when you attack. And that's after they have attacked. That's a, if you're looking for that line, well, when do we take up arms? When do we, that's the line. Self-defense. The British were going to Lexington and Concord because that's where the colonists kept ammunition and powder for their militiamen in case the Indians and others attacked the colonies while the crown was distracted with whatever the crown was doing. The crown decided, hey, let's take their gunpowder, their arms, and their cannon. That is when the colonists, that's when the shot around the world was heard. We don't know who fired the shot. We don't know if it was British or the colonists. We don't know which did the first shot. But the first move was made by the king. But the first move was made by the king. When he took away the people's arms. He was the agitator. He was a violent agitator. Multiple times, actually, before Lexington and Concord. And that was the last straw. You have to be patient, but you have to stay alert. Have to. Mm -hmm. Because next time those cops come by the church that we showed you earlier, they're probably going to have a warrant. And it's not going to be as easy for him to just shout them out. You have to stay alert because the next time the cops show up with a warrant, hopefully his flock, this pastor that's a sheepdog, hopefully his flock will then turn into sheepdogs with him and fight for him. Not physically, but shout them out. And if they do arrest him, they raise all the money needed to drag them through court and drain that police department of all the money they have. Any one of us can be strong and stand up to a bully. But we 
together are not just strong, we're unstoppable. There's more of us out there than you think. It just takes one or two people to start a crowd of people to start a movement. The founding fathers were just a handful of people. Just a couple of them had the idea and they spread the word. And now here we are, over 200 years later. What a ride it's been. <laughs> spread the word. The New York Post front page announcing Biden secret emails, more shadiness involving Hunter Biden. As political entertainment goes, this is not a brand new TV show. It's just a new season of the show. Hunter Biden's business dealings in Ukraine were a key part of the plot last season in the impeachment of President Trump. Hunter has already apologized. Well, he's already admitted to poor judgment and swampy behavior. His father has said that it will not happen again. And at this point, most people have moved on. This is CNN Breaking News. President-elect Joe Biden's son, Hunter, announced that the U.S. attorney in Delaware has notified his lawyer that the U.S. attorney has investigated Hunter Biden's taxes. There's more breaking news we're following right now in the situation room. President-elect Biden's son, Hunter, announcing that he is under federal tax investigation. Hunter Biden, and in it is this basically damning email that shows that Joe Biden was enriching his family via his vice presidency in Ukraine. Um, verifying a lot of what uh, conservative talk radio and media outlets were saying was has been going on for, what, two years now? Something like that? At least. What are you learning, first of all, about this investigation? Well, Wolf, this is an investigation that goes back to 2018. And what's more fun about it is this... This was all picked up because of investigating Trump in Russia. Well, quite honestly, when I met with the Attorney General, I was really talking about the corrupt, the corrupt FBI investigation related to the Russian hoax. So I, I don't believe I ever really talked about our investigations, Hunter Biden, which, by the way, we never targeted the Bidens. They came, you know, that whole issue was brought forth during the impeachment. That's when we started uh, expanding our Ukrainian investigation to include his financial dealings. And then when we started seeing all these wire transfers, uh, that were connected to Hunter Biden. <laughs> <laughs> if they didn't touch Trump and Russia, we probably never would have found out about this at all. Right. But Trump needs a closing argument. So he and his media allies usually rely on whataboutism, right? So you ask about the Trump family swampiness, and they say, what about Hunter Biden? You raise Trump's legal exposure, and they say, what about Obamagate? You might say, or liberal critics say, Trump is compromised, and they say, no, Biden's compromised. Whataboutism is like a glue that holds the base together. It also supplies hours and hours of TV drama. So stay mad and stay tuned. That's what it's really about. And then it was blocked. You couldn't access it through social media. You couldn't share it. 
and if you tried to access it, um, it say the you get a little prompt that uh, this story could be damaging. Da- damaging to to who? Who's it damaging? <laughs> um, the New York well, Post. It's damaging. The future president of the United oh, States. Oh, <laughs> oh, oh, wait. That's what it's really about. This is CNN Breaking News. 